Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six, Rise of Kin. I am cracking open my second cup of coffee this morning. I still have some fresh Costa Rican brew from our trip, and, uh, you know, it feels good. It feels good. Um, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the concept of coach versus player in the context of parenting and fatherhood specifically. What originally kind of sparked my interest and piqued my my interest in this is um, the Michael Jordan documentary. I can't remember the name of it right now. I'll, I'll try to put a link to it in the episode notes. But there's this documentary. I think it's out on Netflix or some something like that. And I watched it about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, right, right when it first came out. The thing that really stood out to me about that whole documentary wasn't how good Michael Jordan was or how much of an asshole he was to try to accomplish all his goals uh, or how much his teammates liked him uh, or any of those things that were kind of the surface level. What really stood out to me was the coach, Phil Jackson. And I, I grew up in the era of Michael Jackson, and I remember seeing him play one time in the Key Arena in Seattle and, you know, watching him. It was like watching someone float through space-time. I'm a huge, I was a huge basketball player. I can't really say I'm a fan because I don't follow any professional sports other than the UFC kind of haphazardly these days. I just watch the fights that I'm interested in. Um, but growing up in that era, you know, I, I watched it all and didn't really pick up any of the nuances of Phil Jackson. And so I thought what was the most interesting thing about that whole documentary was the fact that he just accepted everybody as is. He accepted Michael Jordan as kind of the hard-driven tyrant. He accepted Scottie Pippen as potentially, you know, the best wingman that another player could ever have. He accepted Dennis Rodman as just like this wild and crazy dude who who was very wild. Um, and, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was like, for Rodman to play his best, he needed to be able to go blow off steam. So there was like some occurrence, the slight spoiler alert, <clears throat> where Dennis, <clears throat> excuse me, still a little sick. Uh, there was, there was a period of time where they were like in the middle of the playoffs. The Bulls were in the middle of the playoffs, and Dennis Rodman wasn't like he wasn't performing well on the court. He goes to the team or the coach and says, "I need to go to Vegas." Goes, they let him go to Vegas and just like, don't hear from him. You know, this is pre-internet or early internet, so there's like no real communication, and they had to send people down to grab him and bring him back so that he could make the playoffs, and. I thought that was just very interesting in the context of like whether you're running a business or, uh, you know, the head of your family or whatever it is. It, I, I really applied it to fatherhood because I took that as like, hey, you're not, I'm not here to judge 
any of these kids. I, I really am not. I'm, I'm here to help allow them just be the purest form of them. And that was an incredible example of it. Like this coach versus player where like the right dynamic uh, is not one of like coach telling player what to do uh, or, you know, a, a contentious one. It's really this like deep collaboration. So, you know, examples of this in, in my life are, my son has a deep, deep interest in four by four vehicles and photography. That's what he's shown and snowboarding and surfing. And so it's, you know, my job, the way I view it is to help him explore those things to the best of his ability and get him comfortable with himself while doing those things so that he can develop his own style. He develops his own passionate interest and and really is just comfortable navigating difficult things uh with my oldest daughter this really came out in costa rica because she has she really she loves her brother and she follows his footsteps like uh, sometimes you know arguably to a fault but in a similar context she wanted to practice singing a couple of her favorite songs. One of them is like, We Can Be Heroes by Alesso. Uh, great song. And she practiced it all day one day, and she wrote the lyrics, and Mama helped her, and she memorized the song and then wanted to do a performance. So she set up a little table and did this performance this one night, and I had never really heard her sing. She's seven. And when she sang, I honestly cried. She has the most beautiful voice I have ever heard. It just she she was perfectly on tone and pitch and had her own style to it. And it was re- it was one of the most beautiful things to see um, as a parent and uh, as a human, right? So, you know, I can keep going on. My my second youngest daughter is wildly free and creative and loves to dance. Uh, the little one is definitely uh, very little, but she, she loves the ocean and she loves music. And so it's just really like observing those things as close as possible without any judgment, but trying to symbiotically create the best environment I can for them to grow and develop into whatever it is that they're going to become. And I think that that's a little bit of a lost art. And, you know, one of the things that uh, kind of prompted me to do this is we were up on the mountain to do this episode and talk about this. Um, We were up on the mountain in Idaho this weekend. It was very busy. It's one of the last weekends before it closes, even though there's a lot of snow. And uh, my, my kids were in lessons. I had finished a lesson and was doing a couple runs on my own snowboarding. And I saw this boy come down. His parents were just screaming at him, like just yelling at him in the open uh, on the mountain. And I felt it, it just wrenched 
on my heartstrings for that boy to, um, you know, I get it. His parents were definitely doing the best they can. I'm sure there was some altercation and his dad just chastised him verbally in front of every, you know, in front of 50 people at the bottom of the run, um, for who knows what, no, I, I didn't pay that close of attention to figure out what he did or wasn't trying to get into anybody's business, but you know, it just brought me back to this idea of like the coach player, the father child. And, you know, it's easy, especially when life is really busy and you're busy with work to just try to get the kids to comply. Um, and we've certainly had periods of that as a, as a family for sure. Um, the early transitions into homeschool were turbulent to say the least. I mean, the, the older ones were really pushing back on authority. Their idea of homeschool was very different than our idea. Uh, my idea of homeschool was very different than my wife's idea of homeschool. And so, you know, there was a lot of just bumping up against each other's ideas. Right. And I think what we tried to do very uh, consciously was navigate those things in a form of conversation so that there we have a feedback loop as parents and they have a feedback loop as kids and learners. Um, you know, I, I basically treat my kids the same way I would treat anybody else. And that for us, it's working very well. We have a very tight knit family. Uh, our kids do push back on more traditional work, uh, school work, uh, which is more of my wife's style. Um, they, they push back when we ask them to help sometimes, but it's always a dialogue and I, I think it's just an underrated art and skill as a parent to be able to have a meaningful dialogue without trying to make the child the subject uh, of your directional input, you know. And, we, you know, we've always kind of done that even when our life was more hectic in Manhattan. It was always give them a choice, right? Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Um, which is a very simple thing to do. It was frankly a little challenging for me at the time because I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was so used to just telling people what to do in my business, running a hard charging commercial real estate business. Um, I was so used to just firing answers. And so to be able to switch gears at home and give them options, it, it took me time to build that muscle and that skill. But it's totally paying off in terms of homeschool. Uh, you know, I'm always flattered by the compliments when we get them lessons, whether it's surfing or snowboarding or whatever it is they're doing, you know, going to a wildlife refuge. The compliments we get on how inquisitive they are and how, how many ideas they have and how open and creative they are. And that's, uh, you know, that's refreshing to hear. We don't, we don't always see that every day. But, um, you know, we go through all the normal things and dynamics that you do, especially with four little ones at home. Um, but that, 
it's a real skill to be able to do that as a parent. I think it's especially important as a father to not place the judgment on the kids, right? And really wait for that. They will come to you for asking for advice, for sure. My son is definitely the, you know, he's the oldest, so he's the most kind of developed on that front. And they will come to you asking for advice around stuff. His, I'm not a photographer. He's done a lot of research. He, he digs into things like very deep. He reads about them and explores them and uh, watches videos about them when he has time for screen time. And so he'll come to me with ideas and ask me what I think. And, you know, a lot of times I have to say, honestly, I don't know anything about this. I need to, <laughs> I need to do some research and I'm down to do that research with you. Um, so that we can make the best decision. Like he's looking for a new lens because he's very interested in nature photography. Uh, I don't know the slightest bit about that. I'm happy to dig in and become, you know, a surface level expert of the right lenses for him to be able to capture his best shots. And so, you know, I think that dynamic is just, it's lost when you don't get that much time with your kids, right? There's, there's plenty of times that you have to just sit and sit with the uncomfortable. And the analogy of like coaching is like when you're losing and things aren't working, um, that can be very uncomfortable, right? No, no one really likes that. Um, I have learned to love that time because it means that we're all growing and learning together. And so while those times can be filled with some conflict, uh, or, you know, just butting of the heads, I always try to keep that dialogue open with the kids of like, Hey, you know, this is a feedback loop. I'm not saying I'm right. And I try to tell them that as often as possible because their journey is theirs as the player. You know, if, if one of them's a Dennis Rodman and needs to like blow off steam through whatever, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're not, they're not that wild, but, um, if it's go for a hike versus do their writing assignment, why would I not encourage that? Why would I not find a way to take them to do that? Um, so that they can gather more experience because the whole point of this game of fatherhood to me is to stack as much experience in raw nature as they can possibly get as much diverse experience in, in and around nature, whether that's the ocean and surfing, whether that's hiking in the jungle and playing in waterfalls, whether that's planting things and gardening, uh, snowboarding, fly fishing, whatever it is, I want to stack as many of those experiences for them as possible so that when they're out on their own, they have a diverse array of experiences to draw from. And I think that makes them far better decision makers, right? Instead of coming to us and asking, Hey, what are we doing next? It's like, I want to do this. So can we plan this trip and do this thing? So, you know, that it gives them the message that, Hey, you are in control of your life. You're in control of your experience. And I run this as deep in the spiritual context of like, you know, 
you're the one that's choosing not to be happy in this situation. Not, it's not the situation. Right. And so, uh, I try to exercise their choice and, you know, strengthen their experiences as much as possible. Um, and I just wanted to share about that because I, I think it's, it has really helped me, um, come into congruence with them. I think it's built a lot of trust between us as a family and as kids of like, Hey, you're not being judged here. Um, we're, we're here to help. That doesn't mean that you always get what you want. We make decisions as a family and what's best for the entirety of the family. We have a big family and some things we just cannot do right now. We may be able to plan for them. Uh, you know, we may not be able to do them for a while based on the schedules of the little ones, but there's alternatives and we can explore those alternatives. And, you know, we have a great simple life. So let's just be super thankful for that because, you know, the sun may not come up tomorrow for any one of us. And, you know, I'm trying to instill in them that philosophy of like, Hey, you know, if, if today is your last day, are you happy? Because it's a choice. And, uh, are you doing what you love? Because that's also a choice. And this is, you know, part of me setting that example is doing these podcasts. My son actually listens to these. Uh, he's a subscriber on here and listens to them when he has a chance. And so I am very appreciative of that. Um, I'm very appreciative of the fact that he's interested in what I'm doing. Uh, and that's a very special thing to nurture with the kids. And, you know, the, it just, every time I have the opportunity it kind of strikes me that just stay as open as possible to their experience because their experience is not mine. Um, and that took a lot of self-work to get to that space as a parent instead of trying to be the director all the time. Uh, I really look at it as like we're co-directing this experience and you know, I hope that they see that as total freedom because we all have that. We all have the choice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm making a conscious choice to spend as much time with them as possible and to restructure and reorganize life in a way that allows for that flexibility because, you know, schedules don't really work when you're mobilizing four kids, right? It's, directional things were like, Hey, we're going to the mountain today. Okay, great. What time we're going to get there. I'm going to do my best to get there before the lesson starts. But you know, we're mobilizing a bunch of wily crew members. So, uh, anyways, I think that was, that's a, a great nugget and some great perspective. It's something that I, it, it's just, it just runs through my thought DNA at this point to, um, collaborate with them and make this a collaboration with them, make life a collaboration with them. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to lead to, but 
it feels like the right thing to do for me. So thank you again for everybody that's listening. I am more regularly posting these out. Uh, the podcast is posted on Substack, and it's now linked to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if that's easier for you. Uh, my preference is to keep things hosted on Substack because, um, you know, that allows for my, it, it allows me to own the means of my creative production versus just giving it to Spotify and Apple for free. I totally get the value proposition there. Um, but for me, Substack is the right platform. You can find us at riseofkin.substack.com. There's an email there. If you want to email, you can subscribe and please share it if you think uh, it's worth sharing. Thank you very much.